This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, hi, Heidi, from uh, California. Hi, Mom, from New York City, and our guest today is from the East Coast as well. She lives in Connecticut, not far. Yeah, and she's also one of our Open to Hope authors, which I love. And I hope that you are all going on our site and reading some of the wonderful articles that we have uh, from people. And I hope you're also, particularly if you're from the metropolitan uh, New York area, the boroughs, I should say, that you are watching our television show, Grief Relief, Sunday nights at... What nine o'clock on channel fifty four? Right, Heidi, is that right? Fifty six. Oh, fifty six. Nine p.m. on Sunday. And it's on uh, Time Warner Cable. So we hope you'll uh, tune in and watch us. Well, Heidi, uh, we've got an important uh, topic today because uh, it's involved with spouse loss and uh, loss of a partner and uh, how life goes on. And it's important. I love the the title, If God Cares, uh, Why Do I Hurt?, which is also the title of her book. So do you want to introduce our guest, Heidi? Sure, I would love to. And I think, like you said, Mom, this is a really important Thing and we're, we're constantly, our guests are constantly saying, they're constantly asking this question, right? Mm-hmm. If there is a God out there and a kind and loving God, how, how could this happen and, and why do I hurt so much, etc.? And our guest today is here to talk more about that. And she is a, I've got to say, first off, Mom, she is a very dynamic speaker. I love her passion and the way she speaks. There's, there's YouTubes out there with her speaking about her book. If you want to know more about her and her book, you can go and watch them. And they're very engaging. Usually when I watch a 10-minute and 36-second YouTube, I don't want to watch the whole thing. Well, today I watched the whole thing because Carrie, that's how passionate she is about her topic, and that's how interesting she is. So let me introduce her. Carrie Boschka, after the suicide of her husband, after the suicide of her husband, author Carrie Boschka felt a devastation that she thought would destroy her. Desperate and needing to take care of her two children, she turned to God. Today, she has again found hope and happiness. Carrie dedicates her life to sharing her journey with others. She is the author of If God Cares So Much, Why Do I Still Hurt? Welcome to the show, Carrie. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's great to have you on the show, Carrie. And um, I I really admire every everything that you've done and your attitude and, and, and your life. And I think that you're going to be a lot of inspiration to our audience out there. Now, talk about um, your husband uh, killed himself, right? Yes, he did. And, and how did he do that? Well, the ha- he did it at carbon monoxide poisoning. We lived in a town in West Texas um, called Lubbock, and he had driven um, 300 miles to the Fort- Dallas-Fort Worth area, and he ran a automotive hose from the tailpipe of his car into the interior, taped all his windows shut, and killed himself that way. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you were like a lot of housewives. Were you a housewife or working, too? Okay. or? Well, I worked. I was a full-time, you know, I was I was a mother of two children. I had a seven-year-old son, and I had a six-week-old daughter. So, oh, you wow. know, the house so was very with a new baby. I had to take a new care baby, of, and then yes. you get you get this devastating news. And I know you said in your YouTube that this was the love of your life at that time, Tommy. And how were you going to survive? I mean, you've got these two little tiny kids. I can't even imagine having a six-week-old, and all of a sudden, my husband is suddenly dead. No, and, and that's, that's what I think people need to understand. Um, 
you know, at first I thought that I was all alone because, you know, who else has gone through this? I mean, death is a part of life and we all experience death. Um, but suicide is not. It should never be a part of life and it's nothing that anyone should have to experience. And to, to deal with the sudden loss of a spouse and to lose him to something as unfortunate as suicide. Um, it was just, you know, it was just one of those times where, you know, you really don't, you don't really know how to approach any, no one can relate to you. Nobody understands where you're going through from, you know, people tell you, oh, things are going to get better, just look up, but they don't understand that, you know, your husband's gone, he's never coming home, and there's, it's very hard to look up from that place. And that's what and Carrie, Carrie, did you feel like you got as much support or less because of the way that he died, because it was a suicide? Because we often have people on that have had family members die by suicide, and they say, people, we really get less, even less support because people don't know what to say. Well, people are just, it's, I think most people are scared of you. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just they don't know what to say. They don't know how to help you. You know, I had best friends of mine that I thought would be there with me through thick and thin, and we'd had to work through some serious issues. But because I was so lost and so devastated, they didn't know how to help me, and they ended up having to set back for their own grief so that they could heal. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, I I think that it just is a topic that people, it's so taboo, people are so ashamed and so fearful of it that you end up being Mm-hmm. So you said, I know in the video I was watching too, that you, like, before he had died, you know, you're like anyone else, a housewife at home, you've had a new baby, and you're wondering, you know, this is a tough life, and where is God, and why do I have to put up with some of this stuff? And then this huge event happened to you. And what did you do about that thought about where's God and wondering? Well, yeah, that, that was kind of the... the I call that my starting point. You know, I had grown up in a very religious family. I had always grown up um, a Christian home where we went to church every Sunday and Wednesday, and we had certain rules to follow. My parents were very strict. For me, constantly trying to do the right thing, being a good girl, trying to make the right decisions, it wasn't getting me anywhere. I mean, it was almost like life, no matter what I did, kept throwing me these curveballs. And I got to the point, and that's where the book title comes in, I just thought, what is the point? You know, if you're going to allow this, to, you know, I never thought that God caused Tommy to commit suicide, but I did really wrestle with the fact that he allowed it to happen, and he allowed it to me. You know, here I was, I was trying to live a, you know, a, a pretty reasonably, you know, a, a life, of, a respectful life. I tried to make good choices. I tried to do the right thing. I, I was a good wife. I was a good mother. I did, a, you know, I, I felt like I held myself you know, in high regard, not in high regard, but I did a, you know, I did a fairly good job at it. I wasn't out running around. I wasn't out stealing and doing some of the things that other people were doing. And then here I am left with nothing. And I was, I, I really struggled with that aspect of it because I thought, all right, God, if, if, if you're here, if you love us, if you care about me, how could you let this happen to me? How could you let me end up in this place? And that was the breaking point for me. Yes, I did become suicidal uh, for a while. I did reach out for help. I had a very hard time finding it. And the starting point for me was learning how to find the answers for myself and realizing that, you know what, God doesn't cause these things to happen to us, but our choices lead us to this. And even though I thought that my choices were good up until that point, looking back, I can see that a lot of the decisions that I made were very selfish, were very... um, they were not. They, they were made in a place of 
trying to get what I want out of life and not living in a way where basically where I've learned to live by faith to where you don't necessarily accept what you have, but you realize that the worst things in your life can turn out to be the best if you look at things in the correct way. So, so Carrie, when you said you were at the very low, lowest point or you didn't know if you wanted to live, I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that, and I've, I've certainly been there. And when you said that, you said, you know, I needed to figure out where, where to find help. Where did you first find help when you were at that lowest place? Well, and, and that's part of it. It's, it. The whole book is about this, and it's hard to say in a really quick sentence, but I learned to mm-hmm. find the answers within myself. I learned how okay. to trust myself. And okay. that's something that's not very easy. You know, how do you believe in God? How do you have faith? How do you let go? How do you forgive? Those are the big questions that we really need in order to, we need those questions answered in order to heal. And, you know, for most of us that are in the grieving process, we're told what to do, but we're really not given practical answers and solutions to do to it. And that's where I was. And that was that was the point where I realized, you know what, I have the answers inside of me. I just have to learn how to hear and find those answers for myself. And then once I do see do I see what I need to do, I had to figure out a way to have the faith in order to do it. For me, it started off with leaving Texas and moving to New York and starting over. And those were huge leaps of faith. You know, I moved here with mm-hmm. two children. I didn't have a lot of money. I was single. You know, I left a stable home. I had to put my home up for the market. You know, so there's... They, they were they were big decisions that I had to make, and I had to learn how to trust my gut and trust my intuition and believe that God was actually trying to guide me to the right choices and to a better life. I just had to quit getting in my own way. Now, were you was your family in Texas, or were, are you I'm from Texas? Texas. I'm from Texas, born and raised. All my friends, all my family, everyone. Oh, that is amazing! You picked up and moved to New York. <laughs> I bet I bet people tried to get you not to do it, didn't they? Well, they told me that I was crazy, and you know, and and they probably were right. I was, I was a little nuts, but I just knew in my heart that there was more to life, and I was, if I would be willing to grasp it. And that was the point. That was my turning point when I said, you know what, I've been praying for this. I've wanted this. I need a new start. This is not leading me where I need to go, and I've. I have to learn how to trust my intuition. And you know what? If it didn't work out, it didn't work out. But fortunately, it did. And for me, those those first decisions that I made um, as far as healing and, and trying to start over, they changed my life for the better. I would I couldn't even imagine where I would be if I hadn't learned to live by faith and trust my intuition and start over like that. Well, you know, I can relate to this a little bit on many in many ways. I mean, when my brother died, I moved to Laguna Beach, just to California, Southern California, and I'd never been to California in my life. I really felt like I needed, like, I, I was living in New York City at the time, and he'd been gone, I don't know, dead for a year, and I really felt like I needed a major change in my life and needed to, to do something like this and take a risk. And I remember calling my dad and saying, I'm moving to Southern California. And he said, what? You've never even been there before. What if you don't like it? And I said, I'll step on the accelerator and leave. Exactly. I just need to try it. Because I need something, a major shift in my life, and I need to figure out what the next chapter is going to look like, the chapter where my brother isn't in my life, physically anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I agree with you, and that's, that's, I think that is so healing. Whenever, you don't necessarily have to move across the country, and you don't have to start over, but Mm -hmm. just, just the idea of being able to accept that there is a different life, and allowing yourself to grab onto it and to 
to learn and do something different, to be a different person. And that is a very hard step. It's a first step, and that's it's a very hard step, but it's absolutely rewarding. I think it's really hard because I think after a loss, and I know my mom can say something about this, we want our lives to return back to normal, the way it was before the death, when the reality is we, we have to go on and create a new normal and a new identity without that person physically here. Yes. You know, and Carrie, Heidi and I talk about, you know, the hero's journey where you, you know, have the call, call that your uh, husband had uh, killed himself. Then you have the, the struggle and suffering, and then you decide to make a turn, and I can hear that with you. You know, you made that turn. You decided to pick up the sword and move on and, you know, and literally move on to New York. And uh, and now I know that you've written this book, and I know you're doing tremendous help to other women out there uh, telling them and other people telling them about your story and how how you were able to do this through trusting in yourself and faith in God. So, you know, we like to say that people like you are the hero, you know, the hero of your own journey, and you certainly are. So I wanted to ask you, um, did you did you pray? Is that how you got the feeling that you could do it and got the strength? Was it through prayer? It was, you know, it was more, yes, prayer, but more on, on a meditative prayer where I just, really felt a pulling, a calling to do something different. And I remember laying in my bed crying, hysterical, just feeling extremely hopeless. And I remember saying, God, I, what is the point? I don't get it. You know, this is just, life is terrible. I, you know, it's never been easy. I'm not even talking about just the suicide of my husband. I've struggled for as long as I can remember. I don't know why I would continue to go on when I don't feel like I have anything to look forward to. And I remember just having a feeling of, hold on, Carrie, if you'll hold on, things will be better than they ever were. Just hold on. And I remember it was so real for me. And I remember thinking that was all in my mind, that I was making it up, that, you know, I was crazy. And then, you know, but then again, I could see that these feelings of hope were coming from a place outside of myself because when I looked at myself, all I had were feelings of hopelessness. So I had to realize that, wait a second, there is something bigger than me, and it is trying to guide me. I need to quit shutting it out, and I need to learn to listen. And that was the beginning of my journey, and that was the beginning of my healing. It was a very hard first step, but it it absolutely changed my life. And, you know, it gets easier as you continue on, as time goes by. You know, I use an example in my book, and I actually had this vision, and I'll share it with you because it kind of puts it more into a practical aspect. But I had this vision of me standing behind a table, and there were two glass bowls on the table. And as I was standing there, in the middle of these glass bowls were these pieces of paper and and a pen. And I would have a thought come to me. And I would write it on a piece of paper, and I would put it into bowl A. And the thought would be, rest, Carrie. And then I would have following thoughts. I can't rest. I have too much to do. I have to take care of my kids. I can't. So uh, then I would have all these thoughts that would follow my first thought. And all those were usually negative and they were all usually taking me away from that first, exa- uh, first, um, first idea. Mm-hmm. And those would go into bull B. And as this vision came about, I realized that I would have a thought, a positive thought. If, and every time I would have it, I would be complete, I would, I would have a slew of negative thoughts that went behind. So bowl B was full of all my negative arguments and all of my reasons to why I could not follow 
the advice in bowl A, and bowl A was very light. There were few things that would enter into that bowl, as in be quiet, rest, trust me, you know, get out of bed today. Little things that just made perfect sense, but I completely ignored them, and I focused fully on my bowl B, which was negative. It was leading me into a a different, a, a negative direction. It was keeping me from healing. And as I looked at this, I could see that bowl B was extremely heavy and extremely burdensome, and bowl A was very light. It was and it was very easy to follow. And in this vision, I took bowl B and I put it on my back and I started carrying it around. And you could see that my face was just full of strain and pain and anxiety. And, you know, you could see the, the pain of me just trying to carry around this burden. And as I decided to put that bowl down and to focus on my bowl A, I saw my light, my bowl, my, my load lighten. I saw my, my path become clear. It wasn't muddled with a lot of negativity and, anxiety, and I began to start following my thoughts in bowl A. And that's how I did it. I really started to take my thoughts captive, and I started to separate them. And I looked, and I, I made a very clear, conscious effort not to follow my bowl B, my bowl B thoughts. I followed my bowl A thoughts. I love that. You know, that is such a great uh, visual image, the way you're saying it. I think people can listen to this on the show and, and practice that image. Don't you like that metaphor, Heidi? I love it. And what we focus on does grow, and it is a great way to change our cognitions. If we change our thoughts, we will change the way we feel, and we will change our life. And that absolutely, Mom, like you said, is the very first thing people can do out there that are not knowing how they're going to survive the loss that they have right now. So, Carrie, tell people how they can get your book and tell them where your website is and uh, tell them all about you, and they can look at your YouTubes and all that. Well, my books are available in bookstores. Um, they are, if they're not on the shelf, you can order them. You can um, Amazon, and you can buy um, autographed copies via my website at www.kerrieboshkaboshka.com. And you can also find her at Open to Hope because she's one of our Open to Hope writers. And you're Absolutely. also working on the forum too, right? Are you working on, you're doing a forum for us also. You had uh, recently had some people answer some of the uh, qu- uh, some of your articles. That's right. You can comment on her articles, and she'll comment back. So uh, please uh, come and visit her at Open to Hope. And Carrie, thank you so much for being on the show today. No, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Carrie, and thanks for all the work you're doing. Okay, thank you. Well, Heidi, Carrie's pretty amazing, isn't she? Yes, and I, lo- I just loved her, her metaphor about the, the fo- where we focus. You know, what are we focusing on in our lives? Yep, absolutely, because uh, what we focus on will take us where we are, and uh, she shows that you can go to some pretty amazing places. Well, thanks for listening to the show today, and please tune in again next week, and God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.